Welcome to Guardy Lou, the podcast where we ask important questions like, are vampires real? And what kind of conditioner do werewolves use on their hair? Oh, I didn't know we were going <laughs> to ask that question. I would have looked it up. <laughs> I mean, it always looks silky and luxurious in the movies. Maybe they get like blowouts. I don't know. Well, anything can happen in the movies. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) We have a lot of movies, vampire movies, actually. Yeah, that's true. Our culture loves vampires. We do. I think I I, I heard an explanation this morning, somebody on a YouTube video. I don't know how accurate these are. I don't even know how accurate all my facts are. I, I mean, don't think facts. like uh, anybody listening should definitely be slightly skeptical. <laughs> um, they were a, a psychologist or study person that studies paranormal things, whatever. <laughs> I'm not sure it's usually psychologists, but I guess it used to be. Well, they said they thought that we like to invent. Um, beings in in like that are like us i guess but enhanced enhanced oh like you know. yeah they can live forever and yeah and they've got you know like we know the vampires are supposed to be strong and they live you know, they're immortal and they're charismatic you know things like that yeah, I found some articles on that. One of my favorite things was that they they thought people liked vampires because they're minimalists. Like, they don't need... They're not like Batman where they have to have all the gadgets and everything. They can just fly and uh, do Well, everything. I read that vampires don't fly. What? They can levitate, but they can't fly. What? But, <laughs> what, well, maybe when they turn into a bat. What? My whole, my whole mind is blown right now. <laughs> The different sources. What the hell, vampires? <laughs> but basically, they're unencumbered by all the junk that humans have to have. Like, they don't need chapstick or keys or... Um, nope. What else do you carry around with you every day? <laughs> they just need a coffin, I guess. <laughs> and they get to wear capes, which I guess apparently is something people wish they could do more i don't know i mean just wear a cape you don't have to get permission well i think that depends on the time frame of when your vampire was became a vampire (laughs) well that's true too (laughs) you know how we get stuck on our hairstyles and things like that yeah because can you change your hairstyle when you're a vampire I don't <laughs> like, know. I don't know. <laughs> I didn't Because, like, that. Dracula always has the same hair, but I guess in more modern movies, they just look like they did when they were human. Yeah. But you never really see him spending a bunch of time getting a new hairstyle. I, I, I mean, think, that's not what the movies are about, although that would be a really good premise. I think if they change it when they wake up again, it's back to where it was. Yeah, isn't there something about that? Like, they just go back to what they Some were? Some of the movies. Because they say that's where all of this lore came about, really, was in the movies. Yeah, it's just made up, really. Well, I mean, it's all made up. 
<laughs> when you think Some about it. Some of it's more made up than others. I mean, they had the Dracula movies, and then, of course, I don't, you probably weren't a big fan of, of Dark Shadows. It was before your time. Yeah, I don't think I've even seen the modern version of it, but I have it. Like, there's one with, um, what's his name? The one that was just in the news with Johnny, all, Depp. Johnny Depp. Yeah. yeah. I have that movie, but I haven't watched it yet. Yeah. Well, I don't know how the the modern one one would be. I didn't. I haven't seen it either. But the other one was very hokey, very very hokey. But I watched it every day since I got <laughs> home from school. I was you still was loved it. Yeah. <laughs> I also read like vampires are really smart and people like that, which I guess if you live for ever, you pick up some stuff along the way. Oh, you must. How could you be so bored? What would you do? I mean. You got a whole night ahead of you. Read the in the library. (laughs) Then what do you do? Plus, they have telepathy and telekinesis powers sometimes. Apparently, so they can communicate without speaking. Yeah, they did on Dark Shadows. I think. Yeah, well, that's the authority. So everything goes back to Dark Shadows. Yeah, and then they're powerful, so they're superhuman strength. Whatever, they're fearless. They're bad boys. Women like bad boys for some reason. Oh yes. I'm not Mother. sure. I'm not sure why, but oh, and this was odd too. Like one of the highlights was that vampires only care about themselves, and I'm like, that's what people like because they can just be selfish. Well, I guess that's a fantasy. Selfish with no guilt. Yeah, that sounds like psychopath psychopathology though. <laughs> But yeah, I should tell you where I got that from. I don't know. I oh the Huff Post. It was an article by Dr. Belisa Vranich, clinical psychologist. Why we love vampires: the psychology behind the obsession. So apparently, we're not the only ones who think, "Oh, we're really obsessed with vampires." Even the psychologists are studying it. With well, their paranormal they, stuff. <laughs> they're studying all of our problems. <laughs> <laughs> so, we know that vampires were, you know, they've almost always had vampires of some sort or another, or what people perceived as vampires. And they said during the, the plague era, that there were a lot of vampire sightings then, but they had a lot of bloody lesions around their mouths from the plague, so people assumed that was because they were... Um, <laughs> so somebody has the plague and they're... I don't they know. They survive. I guess they survive, oh, but they, still, they, they still had all these... Yeah, I'm sure it takes these, forever to heal. <clears throat> yeah, excuse me, that up. Especially so. without medications. And, so you survive and, the plague... And then you go out into the world and everyone screams, vampire. Oops, hold on. Sorry about that. I need to find a small child to teach me how to disconnect my phone from my computer. Yeah. (laughs) So anyway, I was just saying, you survive the plague, you have all these sores, you go out into the world, and after going through all of that, they're like, vampire, and pointing at you. And then you have to go through 
whatever happens next, which I'm sure isn't good. No, probably not. I mean, I would not want to be accused of being a witch or a vampire or a werewolf because after (laughs) what I read, you know, the ending isn't good. Well, then that porphyria, porphyria. Oh, the blood disorder? Yes. I thought it was like, um, yeah, porphyria, porphyria. I looked at the how to pronounce it, so. Sounds like it helped a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Well, because I'm going to doubt myself afterwards. It's like, well, that doesn't go with the spelling that well. Because I have P-O-R, how to pronounce it, but it's Maybe it's porphyria, porphyria. I think it's porphyria. Anyway, that's where you get um, going out in the sun can cause little blisters on your skin. So that's where the vampires can't go out into the sun came from. Yeah, I also read it can blacken your skin. The sun can blacken your skin and cause hair growth. Oh, well, that will go into my werewolf theory. (laughs) I know, I'm like, wait a minute. (laughs) What else you got? Oh, is that all you have on the... Because that's all I have on the profile. Oh, yeah, so um, you can also have... uh, It can cause a gum disease, which makes your gums recede and exposes your teeth, so then it looks like you have fangs. That's the profile? Yeah, the blood disorder. Um, the person who has the blood disorder, when they, when they go to the bathroom, their urine is really dark, like a dark red. So people kind of assume that they are drinking blood. And, um, in fact, some of the physicians back then even recommended that their patients drink blood because they thought it would, like, replenish the red blood cells they were losing Hmm. or fix the defect in them. And um, so they would have them drink animal blood. So the physicians would have them drink animal blood, and the patients couldn't go out in the daytime to get the animals to drink their blood, so they'd have to go out at night because of the their sun sensitivity. So then you've got the blood drinking and the night nighttime prowling. <clears throat> um, it also causes an aversion to garlic, the sulfur content, and the garlic would lead to an attack of the blood disorder, so people would avoid garlic. Hmm. Um, so there's a few other weird things that they added in that I don't think have anything to do with the disorder, but I guess in a social context kind of makes sense. People with this disorder would get facial disfigurement because they weren't really getting treated for it, you know, in an appropriate way at the time, because they didn't know any better. But, they probably so, had to carry a rabbit's foot or something. <laughs> yeah, help. stick a toad on their head, I don't know. <laughs> so they would avoid looking in mirrors, because nobody wants to look at their face, you know, like that. And they also um, supposedly had a fear of the crucifix, but I guess that was more because people were getting accused of being vampires by... Christians, you know, and Mm -hmm. um, during the Spanish Inquisition, 600 vampires, in quotations, were burned at the stake. When when was that? The Spanish Inquisition, 1478 to 1834. So they say that they just feared the Christian faith, so they had a fear of crucifixes. Although, like, (laughs) that... (laughs) 
Yeah, that doesn't really have anything to do with the blood disorder so much. And I think that's kind of stretching it a little. Like, that, you know, like in the movies, the vampires are like, oh, a crucifix, you know, like, I doubt it was like that. No, it's just, you know, they were going after him, so can't blame him for being afraid. Yeah. So. And there's a lot of medical things that contributed that you know scientifically proven medical problems that contributed to people reacting to other people in this way so i know in here in the in the states between uh 1786 and 1800 there was a a lot of um severe tuberculosis cases oh there yeah was a big outbreak in right. They said at that point it killed like two percent of the of New England's population. Oh wow! Which was quite a few people. Yeah, and the symptoms I'm for tuberculosis they lose a lot of weight. They'd cough up blood. Um, their skin would turn ashen looking, and they died slowly. So they figured something was sucking the life out of these people, and they would think it was a vampire. And there's a case of Mercy Brown. She was one of the last cases that they they thought that she was a, a witch or a vampire or something. And her whole family, her mother and her sister died. Might have been more than one sister. I don't know. And and then she died. And oh, then wow. the brother got tuberculosis. And he wasn't responding to any any kind of medical thing so they thought well there must be a, a, a vampire amongst them so they dug up dug everybody up and when they dug her up her body had not decomposed it had only been a few months and it was winter and she hadn't actually been buried yet she was still in her coffin but it was cold and right. her body didn't decompose as that much makes as sense. the others yeah so they what they would do is they would check to see if they had blood in their body still, if oh. it was still flowing. Oh, boy. You know, and hers was, so... Oh, brother. <laughs> so they, they... They burned... They, they took her heart out, and oh, they gosh. burned it. And then they mixed it with something and gave it to the brother. They mixed it with some kind of drink or something, just so that... And that, that was supposed to cure it, is if you drank the ashes of the person that gave you... Because they thought the brother got it. it from her. Yeah. Yeah. That she was sucking his blood when he was sleeping or something. I don't know. I don't know how they figured it Just out. Just feel but. so bad for these people. Like, not only do they have tuberculosis, now they're drinking the heart of their dead sister. Yes. And he died uh, anyway a couple well, yeah, months later because, because he had it. Oh, it's so awful and traumatizing. And this also led to, this is a little different, but in the late 19th century probably you know in the next hundred years after this the the it became a thing to drink blood to drink to go to the the slaughterhouses and they would serve Ew, you blood gross it's supposed to help build up your your body and and make no, you stronger you. and because you know um they drank well <laughs> i don't know where i'm going lost my train of thought there but the 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 humans humans had souls so they didn't drink human blood they drank animal blood because animals don't have souls 
That's what they believed. Yeah. yeah, though I think they do. Anyway, <laughs> probably I think so too. For but sure. it was supposed to build them up and make them stronger and healthier. Right. And it was a big fad. But they also say it was probably um, brought about by the butchers, who you know when they they bled an animal, the, they just threw away the blood. They didn't do anything with it. Right. And here they could make a little extra money. Yeah, then. a little more cash coming so, in. Yeah. So they would people would go come get your vampire cure. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then the, there's a the vampires now. They don't, uh, you know, people who think they are vampires. Um, there's two different kinds. There's a kind that actually drink blood, and it's a very. They say it's a very small kind of community, a small community in different parts of the world, but smaller community that don't talk about it too much because no one wants to. Yeah, that association. Associate it with it, but that is a. There's a. A word for that, hematomania. Hematomania? Something like that. Because I think hema means blood, mania is mania. Yeah, and it's a, well, like the way they pronounce it, it's supposed to be H-A-Y-T-O. Oh, H-A-Y-H-A-T-O-M-A-N-I-A. But it's a craving to drink blood. I wonder if that goes along with, you know, when people want to eat dirt and... It's something like that, and they crave something in the blood. Yeah. And they say that these vampires here, they have small parties, and they may drink the blood right from someone, a small amount. It's only like a teaspoon a week or something like that. They don't Gross. consume a lot of blood. <laughs> Your face is like all like disgusted. <laughs> well, it's, well, it's, it's gross. so gross, <laughs> yeah. But then there's another type of vampire and they believe that they they take they absorb the energy off someone right and I read about them and it kind of made me laugh because you hear people say oh that so-and-so is an energy vampire and then you know you just think oh it's one of those people that annoys you or doesn't stop talking and just sort of sucks the energy out of you I didn't realize there was actual people who thought they were vampires doing that on purpose like trying to absorb your energy from afar like I read they can do astral energy absorption from other people yeah so like the energy vampire is a real vampire (laughs) (laughs) well and then there's there's you know the vampire lifestyle there's a lot of people that believe in it and there's a there's a certain places that they say it, it's more conducive to vampires. Like New Orleans here is supposed to be the good a, energy a big for that community. The, what does the lifestyle entail? Like, what does that mean? Like, you dress like a vampire. You get up at night. Well, there's a a group that I looked up that's headed by a man called Father Sebastian. So he's like a religious leader. I don't know if it's a religious. I don't think so. Oh, it's just that he's called a, father makes me think. Yeah, well, I think yeah. it, he's he's a father to the group. He's a um, the leader of them. Yeah, kind of like the leader, and he he does not believe in the drinking of blood. He says it's a very dangerous thing to do. It's not, you know, it's yeah, not good. he that's does not true. condone it with all the different group. like AIDS and other diseases mm-hmm. and. And he says, well, you know, if you want to do it, it's, it's kind of like kinky sex where you say well go ahead what you do in your own <laughs> in your own bedroom is your own business not mine 
Um, he's he's like if you know if you're if you're uh, a monogamous couple and you've been blood you've had your blood tested and you know all this and you want to do that well go ahead but don't I don't want to know anything about it basically right he doesn't promote it in his group no, like it's not. not part of their he's, aesthetic or whatever yeah, he says don't do it yeah <laughs> but what he does do is he 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 he's a dentist his family's <laughs> dentist. So he will make you fangs so that you have, you know, look you like, look a, like vampire. a vampire. And they're removable, and people put them in, and you know, they party with them on, and some wear them all day long. They say that makes them feel more um, unusual, maybe, or yeah, uh, special, special. And, and and more confident in themselves. And interesting. And, and yeah, and then they all because it's like a toupee or yeah. Yeah. Breast implants, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of like that. And then they all kind of dress campy, like what they their version of what they think a vampire might look like. And they have big parties. And, and he has a... Um, in New Orleans, right on Halloween weekend, they have a big um, party where everybody... They do some ceremonial rituals, which I saw a few of them at... at nothing it's nothing it doesn't look like anything dangerous doesn't look like you know it's all everybody having fun it's like a just a big costume party yeah everybody just you know has fun well the dog's barking again stevie yeah i don't know if we should stop well okay so if, if anyone is interested in anything like that this is uh father sebastian that's where i got it off the internet you mean if anybody wants to be a vampire <clears throat> Or go to a vampire ball. <laughs> oh, can you just join the ball without being part of their in circle or the their group or whatever? I think it's pretty much just an open. I think so. Yeah, that'd because be kind of fun to go. People I'd like come from all over. I'd like to see how everybody dresses at like what their version of a vampire is. Yeah, that would I be mean, fun. It, it it the pictures I saw were very interesting, and they, it's called an endless night vampire ball. It's a Venetian mask ball. Sounds like a good place to write a book. I've read a lot of vampire books. When I, I went through a phase where I read like all the Anne Rice books and then all the, um, uh, what are those other True books? Blood. True Blood. I even read Twilight, ones. which, I mean, it's vampires yeah. <laughs> and werewolves. So everybody kind of made fun of it, but I still read it anyway. I didn't, I read the first book. Twilight one and I didn't it was I too much staring into much. each other's faces yeah yeah you kind of just skim past that part <laughs> the interview with a vampire one those books yeah those were good were, I think I, I read almost really all of them maybe not but pretty close I read it up until the the ones where they were really old and they were like in the ground for centuries or, or something. They would and just they couldn't do move. nothing. They didn't move because yeah. I guess they'd done everything, saw everything, had nothing else, nothing interesting. Yeah, guess. I mean, but you don't, you gotta think about that whole like living forever sounds good until you think about living forever. <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah, you just must yeah, get tired. Know. Yeah, at some point you're like, I'm really done. Yeah, did that, done that. Um. <laughs> yeah, it's just not fun anymore. <laughs> And that's about it. I didn't get too much. What have you got? Anything that I didn't cover? Oh, yeah, I got a few things. So I kind of wanted to know why are bats linked with vampires? 
You know, because like for some of the myths say that vampires can turn into bats. Mm-hmm. And um, but when you look at it, like when you look at it from as if you'd never heard of it before, it just seems odd. Like a person turns into a bat. Yeah, you know, who 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 came up with that one? Yeah, right. Um, so there's like some different things they they've kind of like well, so every culture sort of has this idea about the vampires and werewolves. Yes. Which I was kind of surprised by, too. Um, but there's medieval artwork that kind of played a part in the association where they would depict demons with bat wings. Um, you know, like in the paintings, the cherubs always are little angel wings flying yes. around. So the demons had bat wings. And because the animals that fly usually are fluffy feathers like birds and everything so they wanted something i think that looked more skeleton you know because bats don't really have any fluff on them they're just like they look kind of skeletal right yeah looks a little bit leathery so they thought that was more menacing looking um and then of course you know there's the vampire bats that literally suck blood you know, from their animals. Yes. So I think that's probably part of where the connection came came from, too. So they could say that, well, they, they drink blood. Vampires drink blood, so they must be connected. And I found this interesting. This is just a side note, but um, there's 13,000 bat species in the world, and only three of those are considered vampire bats. So they're really not very popular in the bat world. Hmm. <laughs> and they bats are a protected species because they're really important to our environment. Yeah, you really don't see that many bats. Well, of course, I'm not out. I know. see quite a few here, I think. But we do have all those weird um, things that are killing them, like some kind of fungus that's growing mm-hmm. in their colonies. I think they have some of that at the um, Carlsbad Canyons or something I read recently. Or caverns. The caverns. Yeah. So that's kind of sad. But they eat like 3,000 insects a night or something. Yes. We need more here to eat these mosquitoes. We usually don't have any water here for mosquitoes to breathe as much. But this year it's been different. Um. I guess, too, like, the whole vampire turning into a bat thing isn't as popular in modern-day um, vampire movies. No. You don't see it as much. No. So. Actually, I don't think it's in any of the movies. No, I was trying Dark to... Dark Shadows was the one with I the... I think Dracula was... Because Dracula, I think, could turn into a bat and a werewolf. Or a wolf. Which... Because the vampires and the werewolves are kind of connected a lot in the different legends. Because yeah, I think they're shift... Um, shift sheep. Shape shift, shippers. Shape shifters. Shape shifters, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so anyway, that was just a little tidbit. But my next one is about a woman named Elizabeth Bathory, who was uh, considered, a, considered a vampire in her time. So Elizabeth Bathory... Supposedly, the story goes, had 600 servant girls brought in and killed so she could bathe in their blood. 
because she thought it would make her stay young longer. And she supposedly uh, murdered girls and drank their blood and tortured them and different things. And eventually she was arrested for it. And she had they had 52 witness statements from people who knew her or her servants that participated in helping her do this. And she must have been rich, nobleman. Yeah, she was to get away with it for that long. Yeah, she was somebody important. And um, people have set claim that they saw evidence of torture on the dead bodies that were brought out and buried in unmarked locations, or some of them are buried in the graveyard. <clears throat> and <coughs> so apparently, she kept sometimes she would keep a girl in her in her castle that she would just drink blood from like as I don't know what they call them but I know that's a thing with the vampires where they have it's not really a concubine but it's like someone they harvest the like blood a slave from. yeah yes and uh so she got arrested and then there was something like 300 people that you know had given a statement against her so something was going on for sure. Like, she, she was doing something. They say, like, she might have been one of the first women serial killers. Wow. She killed a lot of people. And um, she got sent to living in her room forever till she died. So she was literally walled into her room with, like, a opening to slide food in. And they kept her in there. Ooh. So she couldn't hurt anybody else. But then also, you know, the legends sort of get exaggerated over time. So I kind of wonder, too, it could have just been a political move of some kind or, you know. Well, to let something like that go on for that long and no one did anything sounds like politics somewhere in there. There's, you know, either it happened that way or it didn't happen. I mean, there's only two things that could happen. But Yeah, a lot of experts kind of said, like, they didn't really believe in the that she was bathing in the blood of 600 women and stuff, but they think that she was probably a sadist and enjoyed inflicting pain on other people. Um, yeah. And the other one I looked at was, I looked, so I was looking for people who were either thought they were vampires or we considered them vampires. <clears throat> and this guy is named Richard Trenton Chase. He was called the Vampire of Sacramento because he drank his victim's blood and cannibalized some of their remains. He was kind of a strange guy. He had hypochondria as an early adult and he would he thought his heart would just stop beating or that someone had stolen his pulmonary artery. He was convinced like this is this had happened to him. And he would do these weird things like put an orange on his head because he thought he would invite, um, he would absorb the vitamin C into his brain and that would help um, something with his blood. <laughs> and he also thought that his cranial bones had become separated and were moving around. So he shaved his head because he wanted to be able to see the bones moving. Pretty weird, right? That is weird. <laughs> So he spent some time in a psychiatric ward. He was involuntary committed, and 
he because he was found injecting rabbit's blood into his veins and the staff there nicknamed him dracula because he was obsessed with blood like everything was about blood while he was there, he broke the neck of two birds. He caught through the institution's window and drank their blood. And he also extracted blood from therapy dogs that they brought in because he would steal syringes. Oh. And he would extract the blood. So he eventually was diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia, schizophrenia and he went through a whole bunch of treatments with psychotropic drugs and eventually was deemed that he was no longer a danger to society and he was released into his mother's custody. But his mom had some trouble with him and she decided to wean him off of his medication, which I don't really understand, but she got him off of his medication and he moved out and apparently he thought she was trying to poison him. So maybe that's why she stopped giving him the medication. He might have thought that she was poisoning him with it. So something happened there, and he moved out and got his own apartment, and his roommates really hated him because he'd just walk around naked and, like, do weird stuff, and they wanted him to move out, but he wouldn't move. He wouldn't leave, so eventually all the roommates moved out and just left him behind. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So after that, I think, is when he started kind of becoming more vampirish. He was arrested on a reservation um, in Pyramid Lake, Nevada, because his body was smeared with blood and a bucket of blood was found in his truck. The blood was determined to be cow's blood, so no charges were filed at that time. So he also started killing animals and bringing them into his apartment when he was by himself, and he would, you know, eat the organs and. He would mix the raw organs with Coca-Cola in a blender and drink the concoction and, like, drink their blood. And um, he thought that he was preventing his heart from shrinking. So, like, this was helping him stay alive, basically. But then eventually he moved on to (laughs) humans, and he ended up getting convicted of six counts of first-degree murder and was sentenced to the gas chamber. Is he the one that puts all the remains under his house? I don't know. I'm not sure. This he sounds, might have. Sounds a little familiar, the whole story, but... He did a lot of weird stuff, like, almost like he didn't really... I think he truly believed, like, he needed to drink the blood to, like, he was... Or he would die. Yeah. But he ended up committing suicide in prison, so he never got the death penalty, really. Um, apparently, all the... And other inmates were like, you should kill yourself. Like, they just kept telling him, you should kill yourself. And then he eventually just did. Because they didn't want to be around him either. No. (laughs) He was pretty creepy. Yeah, so that's about it for him. Um, Which I guess is probably enough, because it's pretty disgusting and creepy. It kind of makes me nauseous thinking about (laughs) some of the things that they do, that people do. Yeah, or just, like, his mom taking him off of his meds. Like, obviously, he needed to be on them. Because yes. he was really delusional. So, but anyway, I don't really have anything else. I just had those two stories. I did kind of look into some stuff about the energy vampire. Um, because I thought that was funny. Those, I the modern-day vampires, somebody... You know, went and interviewed some of them. Mm-hmm. 
And so they, they do the blood feeding and the psychic feeding, which is taking energy with their mind or their hands so they can suck your energy out of you using their mind or their hands, which kind of sounds a lot like Reiki in reverse. Like yes. instead of giving yes. energy, you're sucking it out. <laughs> and, um, but yeah, so I also read that some of them feed on your emotions and then that we talked about the astral feeding where they're somehow feeding off of people's energy from afar. So they, I guess they kind of meditate and suck in energy from people. I don't know if they pick a specific person in mind or it's just people in general. So they can feel fi- filled up by that. But I thought it was weird to think about. And uh, so I... I kind of looked up, you know, the energy vampires that we were talking about. You know how we say that person's an energy vampire. Mm-hmm. Someone like a spouse or a boss, it's constantly having your energy, drain, you know, draining your energy and causing stress. Because they said it can be very stressful for people. You're walking on eggshells around them. You feel chronic stress which can affect your immune system, your cardiovascular system, neuroendocrine, and central nervous system. And it can lead to heart disease, obesity, and depression, or autoimmune diseases. So if you have an energy vampire <laughs> in your midst, you might want to avoid them. I don't know. Sometimes so. that's kind of hard to avoid it in general. You, There are people that are like that. Yeah, that you, you just feel so you, drained after you're with them. Yeah, and you're someone you work with that, does that there it's your family member someone you can't avoid because if it's someone you don't have to be around you just don't be around them (laughs) yes you try not to be anyway but it's hard it is hard if it's a family member or in in the workplace or somewhere that you have no control over there i think i just can't make sense of it that there's people doing it on purpose like they literally consider themselves like energy vampires then they want to suck your energy out for their own benefit. Yeah. But I can also see that in a, like the situation of, you know, you have a group of people that are just like having a party. A lot of times you feel more energized. You're around these people, you know, you're, you're getting your energy from them. Right. You mean like extroverts? Cause that doesn't really happen to me too often. It's usually the other way around. Like I feel so tired after a party. Yeah. Unless it's just the right people or the right mix sometimes. I'll feel energized, but... Yeah. Yeah. But I can see that situation. You are getting energy Yeah, you're getting energy. I don't know if you're sucking it out of them, but you do... It's like it's being transferred or something, (laughs) yeah. But then I guess, too, like, is energy finite? Like, how does that, you know... If you go to a party and you feel energized, does that mean someone else feels drained or does that mean like you can all feel energized I don't you know, know yeah I don't know either I don't know I just know that for me it wears me out a lot <laughs> usually yeah well after after the fact yeah, yeah even if it's fun sometimes I just I'll need like two days of not socializing very much to kind of recover well like if you go to see a motivational speaker yeah and you get all gun ho and I'm going to change my life and everyone around you is all excited and we're all going to change our lives and everything like brainwash no and it's, yeah kind of and then you go home and then you're drained you're you're it's like oh well maybe that's not 
that's, that's not, not gonna really going to work. It's, yeah. You know, it's not that easy. It just sounds easy. and um, Yeah, that's tough, too. I've been in that position before. Yeah. Is that like, are we feeding off their energy at the moment? Or or what? did they really feed off of ours? Yeah. Because you, uh, you do, I, I, I do feel drained after. Those people that really like to be the center of attention or whatever. I mean, because you hear about rock stars, like the roar of the crowd. Yeah. Like, they feel super fulfilled by that. Like, it fills up their bucket. Yes. But, so all that energy is going to them. But then it just feels like a bottomless pit. Like, how much energy do they need? <laughs> Some people need <laughs> have vast an entire stadium of yes. people, like, cheering for you. And you're just absorbing all of that. But then you have to go do it the next day, you know. So, but I wonder what that's like for people who are introverted or whatever, like me, if they get up on stage, like, they must just be worn out after. Yes, I, I would think I'm so. sure there's some musicians that are like that, too. Like, just all that noise and attention is just kind of too much. Probably. Probably. They may be the ones you don't really hear anything about off stage. <laughs> yeah, like they don't they don't really get in any trouble cuz they're just like home yeah, painting like, yeah. or something quiet <laughs> knitting in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so do you want to move on to the next section? Werewolves. Okay. Like the, uh, werewolves, I don't really know a whole lot about werewolves. So. I mean, did you It's in the movies. You remember what was the Michael J. Fox Teen Wolf? Do you remember that movie? Yes, I do. I've seen it numerous times when you, you were young. I keep <laughs> wanting to show that to the kids, but then I'm afraid that it's going to be so bad I won't be able to get through it. And then the kids will just be like, this is the worst movie I've ever seen. Because that happens a lot with stuff that I remember from my yes. childhood. And they're just like, this is so ridiculous. I don't think it was that bad. Of course, I, I'm a big fan of Michael J. Fox, so... Oh, yeah. I don't think just I've like, ever seen anything... I saw, like, a little like, clip, and it just kind of looked like... you. It looked like fake fur just, like, glued on. <laughs> well, there was fake fur just glued on. Just glued on. Just glued on. <laughs> like, I guess now we have so much technology where they can make it look so realistic that I yes. think, like, for the kids, it's just bizarre. Like, it probably looks like you know, a high school play or something that was put on, you know, where they just had a low budget. <laughs> it reminds me of a movie I saw a long time ago. I don't even know what it was. Some kind of swamp monster or something. But <laughs> the monster itself looked like a, um, um, what's that carpet? That A shag carpet. A green <laughs> shag carpet thrown over a lump or something. <laughs> I mean that is frightening. <laughs> it was it was entertaining because it was just so bad. Our house had shag shag carpet carpeting in it when we moved in, and we had to tear it all out. But now I'm like, we could have used it for something. <laughs> could have made some bad Halloween movies. <laughs> oh yeah, it was it was bad. So, I. I as far as I could, what I've read, I mean, I didn't do a lot of research this week. It was kind of a busy week. But the, um, the first werewolves kind of shown, showed up in ancient Greece. And, and it wasn't, they weren't a bad creature. It was good. They said that, they, that, that the, the warriors would go through a period in their life where they'd have to, they would become a wolf. 
Okay, that and makes it sense. made them when they came back. They there was something about they they would go across this river, they'd swim across the river, and when they got to the other side, they would turn into a wolf, and they would stay there for nine years. Oh man, that's a while. And then they would come back, and then they would be very strong, powerful warriors. So they were probably like just hitting puberty when they went across, and then they came back men. Well, they or, were nine years older. It said it didn't. Yeah. It's not like they went for nine years and came back the same age. They they. No, aged. that's not what I mean. I mean they went like when they were probably like probably pre, yeah prepubescent skinny, yeah. Skinny so then teenager. by the time they came back, they were adult men. Yes. All filled out and. It's strong. They probably living in the woods. They were probably like yeah <laughs> doing training and stuff and getting all buff. That's interesting. Um, the. Through time, it became kind of more of associated with evil. There is um, a disease called hypertrochosis, where people grow hair. Oh, yeah, um, I looked that up, too. Because yeah. I remember, like, a few years back, it might have been a few decades, I don't know. It was it was a while. <laughs> like, I think I lived in Connecticut, but there was a story about, like, a family that had it, and this one, young woman was saying she was just going to embrace it, and she had, like, a lot of facial hair. And she had gotten, she had a partner, I think she had a child <clears throat> that also had it. So... Yeah. I thought that was kind of fascinating. It can grow. It could be patchy. It could be, you know, you'd have your face might have a lot of hair, but your body didn't, or your body would have a lot of hair. Yeah, I read there was, like, different kinds, too. Like, there's one that's just, like, short hair, and then some that just have, like, hair that just keeps growing, like, gets longer and longer. Like on their head, but it was on their body. Yeah, yeah. which I thought was interesting. And, uh, but, yeah, that would be tough to live with in our society, where especially for women, where you have to look... Like be hair well, our society is hairless. Like everybody's trying to get rid of all their hair. Well, the women, not the men, but well, the men are starting to do it now. That's true. Like shaving their, their backs, backs and wax their chests and all I've that. Seen some pretty hairy men that, and I yeah. wonder if is that part of it. I mean, did they get a little bit of this? Yeah, because uh, it's pretty rare. I think. Yes. Yes. Well, a lot of the women in the past would go join the circus. That's right, because that was probably the only thing they could do. The bearded lady, she there was. I saw a picture of one, and I mean, she was dressed in a really pretty gown, but she, and she had um, a lot of hair on her facial hair and some hair on her arms, but not not super. I mean, it was longer than average, but uh, she was the bearded lady, and I forgot I didn't write down her real name. And then they had the um, Russian um, woman. Um, Russian boy, Jojo, dog face boy. Oh yeah, Jojo the dog face. Yeah. Yeah. He, I got his name was Fedor, Jeffichu, Jeffichu. I don't know. Yeah. He looked kind of like teenage wolf boy. I mean. Yeah. Uh, uh, Michael J. Fox. Yeah. In that movie. <laughs> yeah. So it wasn't. I mean, they, they, they did that movie pretty good, I think, because it reminds. <laughs> looks like Cab. Um. There have been a few uh, people in the past that were attributed their their. There was a serial serial killer in Germany, and you said that you had some information on him. So I'm gonna talk about him a little bit. That's um, at the Stubbs. Yeah, Peter Stubbs. He um, 
Wait, what is yours? Is it stump or stub? Stump. S-T-U-M-P-P. -P. Oh, I've got stubs. S-T-U-B-B-E-S. But I don't know if his first name was Peter. Well, was he a, a German farmer? Yeah. And um, this was in the 1500s. And he was a well-to-do merchant or something, but he, he was pretty well-to-do. He had a pretty high standing in the town. And they had years of finding their cattle mutilated. And then and they attributed it to the wolves. And then they found children started disappearing, women started disappearing. They would find... Um, Sometimes find their bodies mutilated. Ugh, yeah. And then said that they they got fed up. They found a bunch of human limbs in the fields, and they got fed up about it, and they got their dogs together, and the dogs started chasing after this wolf that they thought. And they could see the wolf in the distance, but they kept going after him. took them days. And when they finally, the dogs cornered the wolf, it wasn't a wolf. It was this Peter Stump guy, and he had a... He or said, Peter Stubb. Stubb. <laughs> no, so no, like, what was his name? Whatever his name was. And that he had a, he said he had a wolf skin that he received when he was 12. And when he put the wolf skin on, it turned him into a, a werewolf. And he, when they found him, he didn't have that. He just had a, a staff, they said. And then they brought him in and, and he confessed after torture, though, right, he confessed to these killings, and and he said he he killed thirteen children and two pregnant women. Oh, jeez! Ripped the fetus out. Oh yeah, I read that. Eating their hearts. Eating their hearts. And uh, of course, and they found him guilty, and then they they killed him. I think they tied him down and, and did some torture to him first, and they cut his head off and and everything. So his because they believed if their head was separated from their bodies, then they and couldn't. this was the vampires too. Then they couldn't they couldn't come back regenerate. Yeah. Yes. <clears throat> yeah, he, and he, I read he would um, he, he would like walk the streets and salute the parents and relatives of his victims. Probably so, cre so, so, like a totally psychopath well, he <laughs> kind was of very person. Well loved in his village, they said that the the people when they found him, they couldn't believe it was him. They thought it was somebody, you know, some yeah. evil something well, I mean, impersonating. Yeah, him. that's. I mean, that's so common today too. Like a lot of times, the nicest person in town is the one doing the horrendous, horrendous stuff. Yes, it's kind of scary. Well, they also, well, did you have more on him? Um, well, he supposedly he made a pact with the devil, but he didn't want worldly prosperity or power. He just wanted to be able to do, like, bad things to people. And so Satan gave him a girdle, which transformed him into a wolf whenever desired. Yeah. Which is, like, pretty, goes along with a lot of the folklore that, I think in Germany maybe, where... <clears throat> You had to have this belt to become a werewolf. So you either would take the belt off to become the werewolf or put the belt on. There's like different stories there about how it worked. But the belt, you had to have this magical belt 
And I think it goes back to, in the beginning, they thought you had to be like a witch to turn into a wolf or a magical person, you know, someone that's got magic powers to shape shapeshift. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know. I, I it, it, they they attribute all this power to people, but I don't know. Like, so if you could be a witch and a werewolf, or is a witch you, just a, sh- a shapeshifter? Let me tell you this story. So, in the Dutch folklore about werewolves or a werewolf. Um, they said that a human being with the ability to transform in, into a wolf, that was considered a werewolf. So a weir was derived from the Latin word ver, which meant man, and then wolf is wolf. And um, they were given different names. And there's one called the Nacht, Nachtmary, which is the female counterpoint counterpart of a werewolf. So that would be like the girl version. What was the name of it? Nachtmary. Knocked or maybe? knocked, maybe knocked, Mary. Knock, nocturnal, maybe. Knocked. Yeah. So, contrary to popular belief, the Dutch werewolf does not transform unwillingly during a full moon. So, like, in a lot of the movies, they, when the full moon comes, they go through this horrible torture of becoming the werewolf and do bad things. I guess that gives the real person an out for not being the bad person. <laughs> yes, they didn't do it on purpose. Right. Change. So, but the word werewolf was synonym for male witch or shapeshifter, which I kind of found in other cultures too, like, um, you know, in Mexico, they, ha- you know, usually have a priest of some type that can shift, which I think really stems from Native American culture probably being brought in, but, you know, that it's, you're this special magic magical person with these abilities, and that's kind of how the Dutch looked at it too. So you were a witch, and you were able to do this because you had this the magic to do it. Um, so both men and women could change themselves into animals, but only men would become wolves or dogs. And a human wolf sometimes gave away their identity by, you know, having hair on their palms. They'd grow hair on their palms or they'd have a unibrow. Okay. So Ooh. feel bad for the <laughs> unibrow crowd. They're just going to assume you're a werewolf. And you don't just transform, like, you're not just born this way. You have to trade your soul to the devil for ointment and a piece of clothing, which is usually a belt, which I was talking about earlier, that this Mm -hmm. belt somehow gives you the ability to transform into a wolf. Um, Male witches have used wolf skin to merge into their animal form. And if one were to burn the magical garment, their reign as werewolf would end. So I guess you could burn the belt or the wolf skin, whatever it was that you had gotten from the devil (laughs) to transform. Um, So, and apparently werewolves are also, they're protective of their magical item, which makes sense. And they have an empathic connection to it. So if they feel like someone's going to hurt their belt or their wolf skin or whatever it is they get really angry which makes sense i mean do you want to turn into a wolf well you know werewolves have a lot of great abilities right right and so 
Another theory, too, that they had was that the seventh son in a family was offered the werewolf abilities by the devil. And I guess the seventh daughter would be offered to become a nightmare, which I'm not really sure what that means. And some people thought that the, the werewolf didn't really change physically into a werewolf, but they were able to control other animals within their dreams, which might be what the daughters could do. Yeah, which makes sense, too, because when you throw in some sexism, like, women wouldn't be running around in the forest being all strong, right? They have to stay home (laughs) safe and just do it in the dreams. And the werewolf, I guess, according to the Dutch folklore, has to follow the devil's instructions. So that's why they end up causing trouble. They attack livestock and people. Um, They might torment people or stalk unsuspecting people. And they wait for the person to to show fear and then they jump on them and, and, you know, maul them up, I guess. And they don't, supposedly they won't let go of you until dawn, which I guess because maybe when the light comes out, they have to go back into their human form. (laughs) I'm not sure. I know that happens in the modern day werewolves Mm -hmm. like you, or I guess not necessarily. I'm not sure. It might have something to do with the full moon. I don't know how long it lasts, but there's a point where you turn back into a human. Um... And some of the Dutch folklore speaks about a werewolf boy who was in love with a girl and one day he takes her to the forest and then suddenly feels the urge to turn into the wolf, so he does. And but he wait he says I'll you know, like I'll be right back or something and he disappears to turn into the wolf and he advises her to throw a handkerchief if she encounters a wild animal. Like he gives her this handkerchief and he's like if a wild animal comes, throw this handkerchief. And of course, a wild animal does appear because he's turned into the wolf and he shows up. And she throws the cloth to him and he rips it to shreds fiber by fiber. And the girl runs away and escapes. And later, the boy goes back to visit her and tries to play it off like, you know, what happened kind of thing. And But the girl spots the tattered fibers in his teeth. From the handkerchief. <laughs> and then she tells the town folk and they like get his belt and burn it so he can't turn into a werewolf anymore. Hmm. Which is more humane than chopping off his head. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I don't know what happens with your pact with the devil in that instance, but. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Did you have more about Stumpy or Stubby or whatever is Stubbs? Stumps? No, was that not it? Really. I didn't mean to Just interrupt you. He had a lot of victims. He yeah, was he one was of the first recorded serial killers. killers. Yeah, yeah, and he did eat a lot of them. Gross. They think some of them that disappeared that he ate the whole body and. Oh wow! Maybe it's kind of disgusting. Yeah, really. sometimes like I don't even want to read any more about it. I know. I kind of got most of my information on him from some pamphlet that was written about him that seems like it might have been exaggerated a lot. And kind of well, like a lot of it I think might have been exaggerated too. I, when I when they say they had to torture somebody to get the information out, I yeah. I'm skeptical because it, if you're being tortured, you're, you're going to say whatever. Anything, just kill me, you know, get it over, kill me. Exactly. Don't keep like it's not. Me. In um, 
1835 in Texas, there was a couple that uh, lived along, along the Devil's River, and they, the wife was pregnant, and she went into labor, and her husband ran, you know, he, he went to a, a sheep farm that wasn't, it wasn't too far away, I don't know how far away it was, but while he was there, he was telling him where his wife was and, and, and giving him directions, and, and he needed help. And before he could, they could leave, he got struck by lightning and was killed. So they went to this, the little house that they had, and the woman had died in childbirth. They, they figured she died in childbirth, but the baby was gone. There was no baby, and she, she had teeth marks on her. Oh, weird. And That's disturbing. And about 10 years later, there was... They had a um, a young boy who was guarding the goats and, and sheep and stuff. He said that there was wolves were attacking his sheep and there was a creature with long hair covering its face. Couldn't see the face, but it had a body of a girl. That's weird. Yeah. <laughs> and, of course, you know, they didn't really believe him. <laughs> oh, of course, yeah. But then a year later, there was a Mexican woman there, and she saw two wolves and a naked girl eating one of her goats. Wild. And she ran, went up, you know, went out there, but then they saw her and they ran away. So there's a girl that's literally been raised by wolves. Yeah, she said that it, it it would it ran away when it ran away. It started off on all fours and it, and and then it stood up and started running. But it didn't run really like a human, you oh, know, weird. a normal person who's who's been walking on all uh, upright yeah, their whole life. They were yeah. a little awkward, yeah. But they, I guess, probably had a good, fairly decent stride. And then they said they had a few. Um, sightings, people would say that they saw this and they decided, well, we're going to go hunt, we're going to find this creature. So they did, they, they, they got their dogs together and they hunted, they, and they finally caught her and they separated her from her pack and they took her and then they said that she started howling, a cry that was like between a cry and a howl yeah and one of the wolves turned around and came back and they shot that wolf and killed that wolf oh and then they they took her and they put her in a little hut they they held her in there and they had a window that was boarded up and but other than that you know it was just this little hut and then as night fell i guess they were going to transport her i don't know what they were their plan you should have just left her, her alone <laughs> well they wanted to save her yeah save her mm-hmm. And they shot the wolves. And she started howling, and and they said that a pack of wolves came and surrounded the, the um, hut. And as they tried to, you know, they were trying to fight off the wolves, she broke through the window and escaped with them. And then they said they had a, a couple sightings after that. Wild. And then she disappeared. No one heard anything. Whoa. You know, there weren't any more sightings. Though they did have one, and I, this one I don't, I feel like uh, skeptical. Oh yeah. yes, because they said they saw her on a riverbank nursing two wolf puppies. 
Yeah, that seems un- unbelievable. Oh, why would she? How would she have milk to to nurse puppies? Well, she'd have to give birth to them. She'd have to give yeah. birth to them. So she wouldn't. It doesn't make sense. Impreg- yeah, a wolf could not impregnate. <laughs> right. So that one. But I, I guess because they wanted to say she was part wolf. Yeah. Or a werewolf. And I that's funny that was, though. <laughs> yes. Leave it to like some random men were like, let's have like a naked girl with breasts doing something that'll make it sound more interesting yeah, it sounds like a campfire story yeah. made up you know? right and uh, but you know it, it the werewolves they have such great you know they heal fast they're immortal they have night vision they're shapeshifters they're superhuman um superhuman strength and and endurance and agility and they're very fast and the one thing i saw that they were wall crawlers and i'm like what is a wall crawler i've never seen a werewolf be able to climb a wall have you in any of the movies that i've seen i don't know i mean they they do seem to be very agile like climb over fences or whatever they need to get around I don't know if I've seen them climb a wall. Like, <laughs> I haven't either. Well, like a wall, like, what kind of wall? Like a wall around someone's yard? Or I guess a wall it's a, in your house? A regular wolf would not be able to climb over, which, I don't know. They could go over stone walls and fences yeah, and things, but I don't know. That's weird. I don't know what that's supposed to be, but. And then in 1971, there was a. Ooh, that's fairly recent. Yeah. I mean, sort of. Sort of. Yeah, well, there, it's more things that you'd think would be more documented, but there was um, quite a few sightings of a of a woman with a human woman's body, with covered with hair and and, and a wolf, wolfish looking face. Features, I guess. huh? Yeah. The yeah. wolf woman. Yeah, she was sighted. Just well, a lot of people. Walking down the street, saw or <laughs> yeah, saw her in the woods or or somewhere. Oh, that's interesting. And then, I didn't get to research this one too much, but um, there's a, a road in Wisconsin called Bray, Bray Road, where they've seen like a wolf-like creature that walks on its hind legs, running across the road. It's been sighted a lot, and. and that's kind of interesting. A woman a reporter said that she was in a slow time at her newspaper office, and yeah, they she said, "Look, let's just do something on this this sighting of this, you know, it's right. kind of like Bigfoot yeah. sighting, Bigfoot, yeah. People so, love stuff like that. Yeah, she went there and she interviewed people and everything, and she said that there have been sightings. She, she's since she started doing this and researching, she's found that there are sightings all across the country where people will see. A creature that walks on its hind legs and looks like a wolf. Weird. Kind of so like it's the, like a phenomenon. Like other people yeah. all over the place are seeing it. Yes, and that's why she huh. thinks it's not real. It, that it's real, but not necessarily a werewolf. Right. Because there have also been some people that have scientists and thinks of, well, if you look at a bear... Its face isn't that much different than a wolf's. It's still got the long nose That's and true. everything. That's true. If it's kind of darker. Yeah, and they walk. They can walk, walk upright. upright. And, but I don't know. I didn't get a chance to research that one too much. It's kind of fun, though, those stories about things like that. Yeah. 
Well, our kids, my kids have been talking a lot about, this isn't a woof, but La Lorna, the story of the weeping woman in the forest. So whenever we're in the forest, they're like, every time a branch snaps, they're all turning, looking with, you know, her and her friends. Yeah, they're like, is it the weeping woman? I felt bad because one of the kids was really scared. (laughs) But I think too, like when you're looking for something, you see it or you hear it or, you know. That's what they're talking about, that too, that conscious, you know, where you catch it. You kind of, it's like you can catch it for someone else. You know, you may go outside every night in the dark and, you know, feed your dog or, or you know, do something outside and never think twice, but then somebody tells you a ghost story and the next time you go outside, you're looking around and you yeah, hear all these creepy you feel noises. scared. And, or they just saw a mountain lion sighting. I'm like that after there's been a oh, mountain yes. lion, lion sighting nearby. I'm yeah. all like, I can feel the hairs <laughs> on my neck kind of like waiting for something. Yeah, yeah. No, I think about that too because... Then I, after a while, I forget and I don't think about it at all. And I'm out, go out, and I, or the kids go out, and it's dark. And, yeah, I get, I scare myself a lot. Where like that paranormal movie where the they just stand over your bed, and then I think about that like years later. Sometimes, of course, my kids will sometimes stand over my bed while I'm sleeping because they want something or they don't feel good. And you wake up and there's just a figure standing over your bed. So I think that kind of perpetuates my fear of it sometimes. <laughs> it like actually happens. But we should do a do a podcast on those creepy moments where because there there are certain the ones that stick with you. You know, I don't. Sometimes I don't remember the name of the movie. I don't remember anything else. Like that is one of them because that part I don't remember the name of the movie. It was just so but creepy. That part creep part creeped me out. That or just like tubular bells creep me out. That. The sound this, of the music. Yeah, from um, what was that movie? The um, uh, blah blah blah. Ah, <laughs> oh, it's like right on the tip <laughs> of my tongue. So big too. I can't. The Exorcist. Exorcist. Yes. Yeah, because like I, when I was a kid, I had never even seen the movie. I just heard about you talk about how scary it was, or the book was so scary too. And the mo- well, the movie really scared you too, right? At when the you, time, yeah. At now the time, it's so now it's hokey. so ridiculous. But <laughs> at the time, so like I remember being home alone and. It must have been around Halloween or something, and I had flipped the channels, and all I got was that music, because the movie was either ending or starting. I don't yes. know which. And it scared the crap out of me, because I knew what it was, yes. even though I'd never even read the book or seen the movie or anything. But still, it's creepy. I have a couple of those, like the Blair Witch Project. Oh, yeah. That was pretty scary. The Standing in the Corner yeah, and then that right around then they had all those weird dolls people were oh, making that, that me the out. little kids in time out or whatever. <laughs> so it's so weird now to think about it. That was so popular. Yeah, those and dolls like, scared me. They still give me the creeps. I mean, they're creepy <laughs> anyway, but it's like, why do you want to have a fake kid in trouble in your room? Yeah, because like, so they were life-size. Yeah, it was, that was a weird time. That was weird. And then that movie came out. Maybe that's where they got that idea. those creepy dolls okay so i have uh like a short little grimm's fairy tale that's from germany that tells the story of the werewolf a little bit so there was this grandfather that 
decided to go out and cut wood and he went with his friend but there was a third man that came along that the grandfather didn't know and the whole time the grandfather kept thinking there was something strange about him he gave him the willies i guess and after they'd finished chopping down the, the trees and had some wood they got tired and the third man recommended that they take a nap and so the three men laid down and closed their eyes to go to sleep but the grandfather was so suspicious, so he pretended to go to sleep, and he kind of just kept his eyes like slightly open just a little bit so he could see. And he wanted to find out, you know, what was going on, because this third guy was a little odd. And he noticed that the third man started moving around after he thought the other two were asleep, and he start, started looking to make sure they were sleeping. And after he was confident they were asleep... He put on or took off the belt, you know, because we don't know which way it went, and he became a wolf. And he didn't look like a regular wolf, so he looked kind of like a human and a wolf combined. And he quickly ran off to a nearby field where there was a pregnant female horse, and he just ate it, like, completely, like, right there. The whole horse? The whole horse. And the grandfather saw him. And then the man came back and took off, or put on, the belt, and laid down again to pretend that he was sleeping in his human form. And so while they were returning to town with their wood, the third man complained about having a stomach ache. So the grandpa turned and whispered to him and said, Well, when one devours a whole horse, and the third man didn't let him finish and he interrupted and said had you said this to me in the forest you would not be able to say this now like he would have eaten him and that story was published in the 19th century and is one of the oldest and most popular legends about the werewolf in germany it's kind of a short one my grim fairy tales book usually has long ones it's like really (laughs) detailed maybe it's just a short version so, um, so the thing with the girdle, so is it, or I, a couple of things I read made me wonder, is it the, the wolf that turns into a human, takes on a human form? Is it really a wolf or is it a human that ter- takes on a wolf's form? I don't know. Like the impression I got was you had to make a deal with the devil to get this item so that you could do these things. But I don't really get like what what do they get out of it? They cuz they still have to do the devil's bidding. They just get to roam around at night and eat I guess dead they must animal like or to murder eat animals and eat them like or humans. Yeah. Sounds like an excuse to yeah, to be murderous or whatever. Yeah. yeah. But I guess for someone like me, it doesn't seem that enticing. It's not like, yeah. you know, when you sell your soul to the devil so you can play the guitar and you get rich and famous. Like, you're like, oh, well, they're getting something really great out of this. Where the werewolf just seems like he gets to run around at night and cause mischief and murder people. Like, that doesn't seem like an ideal situation to me. No. <laughs> like, I don't get it, but... I guess for some people it would be a good thing if that's what they want to do. Yeah. They're like, they're already, they they, you'd already do. have to be like evil <laughs> on the inside, I guess. Um, so then there's like another myth, myth, well, fairy tale or mythology, I guess, 
about folklore, all these things <laughs> about about it. Um, that's a Spanish Spanish one where they um, it's either called a Nahal Nahal or a Nagal, depending on who pronounces it. But I think it's really Nahal because I I looked it up like how to pronounce it and or it's a Nawal. No, it's Nawal, not Nahal. Nawal. Um, but the Nagal one, I think, might be English speakers just translating it without really knowing, yeah. you know. Um, but it means, like, a transforming witch or a magician. It's a shapeshifter. So it's part kind of like a cultural thing. Um, it was linked with shamanistic practices. And... Your birth date, I guess, determines if you can become one or not. So it's like a, it goes back really far, like Mesoamerican, Mesoamerican pre-Columbian kind of stuff. And basically it also connects to tonalism, which is where every person has an animal counterpart to which his life force is linked. It kind of reminded me of the book that I'm rereading, the the golden compass where they have their demons, their animal souls Mm -hmm. that are like attached to them. Um, so each day is associated with an animal. So it depends on what day you're born and which animal you get and all of that. Like it's very, I don't know if it's like astrological or kind of, you know, cause you know how we have like our animal signs or you're a Gemini or, Mm -hmm. you know, different stuff. In modern rural Mexico, it's um, it, you're able to shift into an animal at night, and usually it's a dog, owl, bat, wolf, or a turkey, which I thought was interesting. <laughs> the turkey. Yeah. I'm not familiar with that one. <laughs> and you can go about and drink blood from human victims, steal property, cause disease, and, you know, just get into trouble, basically. And so I think, like, it kind of started off more like a religious thing, like, a ceremonial religious saying like because I know they take like peyote and do different stuff to find their animal spirits and you supposedly can become your animal spirit and do all these things so but then I think too it's you know as it's evolved into what it is now the werewolf because it as a as a religious practice, like they can be hired to remove curses and things from people, so they're not necessarily like a bad, a bad thing. Like a shaman isn't is considered like a healer, so it just kind of depends, I think, too, on which community it is. So some are considered not bad, and some are considered evil. The na no, nawal. So I don't know. I found that kind of interesting, though. I guess because I like that. All these different cultures kind of came up with the same boogeyman or whatever. Mm-hmm. That it's very interesting to me that the whole human collective or whatever sort of e- these symbols evolve out of out of their culture, but they're very similar to each other, which you wouldn't necessarily expect. But no. but they are. Well that little bit makes it all seem more real like boom, you know. yeah like it's if 
it's a sh- you know a shamanistic thing. Like Jim went to one of those where they were in like a hut and did all that kind of stuff, and then you're supposed to see your spirit animal. Did he? He said he did. I think it was like some. It was some kind of big cat. I can't remember now. Like a jaguar or something. But he said it was like attacking him. And he was afraid of it at first. And then something happened. I'll have to get him to come and tell the story. <laughs> but yeah, it was kind of interesting. I don't think I would really want to do it. Because you have to take hallucinogens and they make you throw up a lot. And it just sounds horrible. Yeah. Like all that part does. Um. Yeah, so like they do the rituals and then it's supposed to open your perceptions and stuff. So you see these things that you can't see in your normal life. Which I've heard a lot of people say like it changed their lives. Because they could see how everything was connected in the world and and all of that. Which I think is kind of cool. But then I don't like the throwing up part. I really hate throwing up. It just sounds horrible. Um, I don't really have a whole lot more. I did find a couple little things about how they thought werewolves kind of manifested. Some people, like, back in the medieval times or whatever, mistook rabies. Like, if somebody got rabies, they would think that they had, they were becoming a werewolf. Oh. Or, like, foaming at the mouth, I guess. And they, so they thought it was spread through the animal bites because you usually get rabies when you get bit by something. Mm -hmm. And then it increases your aggression. You have fever, you hallucinate. You have trouble with bright lights and water. And so they just kind of thought, oh, this must be what causes you to become a werewolf or a vampire. Some people thought it made you into a vampire. It could be. That's one that went from having a girdle. Or yeah, and to just getting to bit just by something. Bit, yeah, or scratched. And then there's also this thing called clinical lycanthropy, which is where people really believe they're that they are um, werewolves. Like, yes. they just believe it. Usually they have an underlying condition, you know, like schizophrenia or something. Something that's making them have hallucinations or... Yeah, I read a little bit stuff. about that. And they think it has something to do with the the moon. Not that, the, you know, that they howl at the moon necessarily, but that the tides coming in and out in that they happen at certain time, times of the month, and that's when these people, like, they change once a month. They say they change once a month. Yeah, and that's why the whole full moon let part of the legend yeah. comes in. There is a story of King Lycan, or Lycone, I'm not sure how you pronounce that. Uh, that's It's ancient Greek, because Lycan means humanoid wolf. And so I guess it was named, this having this disorder or whatever is named after him. He apparently uh, was a king who had the honor of receiving Zeus, who was the ruler of the gods, as a guest in his palace. And he decided it would be a good idea to serve Zeus the remains of a sacrificial victim. So he was like, have some human meat. And Zeus did not like that. He thought it was an abomination. And he decreed that if Flycon, Lycan, I don't know how to pronounce it, wished to promote the eating of human flesh, then he should become something that's more appropriate, appropriate to eating human flesh. So he turned him into a wolf. 
and his sons too. So he and his sons were transformed into wolves so they could eat human flesh in a more appropriate way for Zeus. And so I guess that's kind of where that started. And ancient Greeks and Romans believed that wolves only howled at a full moon. They didn't think they howled any other time. So that... That's been disproven, but I think that goes along with all that, the legends, too, that that's when you turn into a wolf. Yes, but the, you know, wolves howl all the at time. night because they're nocturnal. Yeah, and they're and talking to each other. They, it's not the full moon. Put their head up to howl. It's not at the moon. It's because <laughs> it makes the sound <laughs> goes go further. further. Right. And they're talking to each other. But, you know, the more you learn, <laughs> they didn't yes. know that then. No. Um, so, yeah, I think that's, like, all I have. Oh, it's that snap judgment, too. This is what it is, not thought about too much. Yeah. Mm. Just, like, let's just, instead of picking, like, the most logical, easy answer, <laughs> let's, like, invent this whole story that's so complicated and bizarre. Yes, with so many rules. Yeah, it's so, funny. Are we up? I guess we're at Time is up, pretty much. I mean... It's our podcast, so we could just go on for eternity, but I think we're hitting the hour and a half. We didn't make it into a, under an hour again. I don't know if we ever will again. We have too much information to share. Yeah, well, and then we get on our sidetracks of other information. That yeah, like random <laughs> stories. I know. But anyway, I hope this is fun for everybody, a little bit of... scary stuff for Halloween but not too scary although some of it's pretty scary like in a real world way not in a ghost story way real people real people scare me werewolves and vampires don't (laughs) no it's the real (laughs) those real people that are doing stuff pretending to be werewolves or whatever it's kind of disturbing but yeah so if you would like to contact us or follow us on social media you can email us at guardyloopod at gmail.com. That's G-A-R-D-Y-L-O-O-P-O-D at gmail.com. Or you can follow us at guardyloopod on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. We're on all those now. Let us know what you think. We might get better. <laughs> We're trying so hard. And... Uh, Thank you for sticking with us through all the dog barkings and just weird nonsense. And we're still working on getting our sound right. So if you have any tips on that, we would gladly accept them. But I think that's it. Okay. Have a nice day. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Got